0: need you to lean in this evening. Right from the outset tonight, I need you to lean in. I really believe that I've come tonight uh, with a word from heaven and God wants to speak into your spirits and he wants to change your life. And I don't know about you, I don't come to church to decorate a chair. I come to church because I wanna hear from God. I want God to change my life. I want him to step into my world. I wanna grasp hold of something. I wanna grasp hold of something that takes me into the future. Is anybody with me here? So I want you to turn to your labor, labor. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now, punch them, wake them up. Wake them up, say, come on, this is for you tonight. This is for you. So I'm going to start by telling you a, a story of something that happened. And um, I really sacrificed something. So just just come with me for a moment. I really sacrificed something. And I remember when I made the decision to sacrifice something. Um, the Holy Spirit spoke into my spirit. And he said, Jen, I'm going to give you a new home. But that was when all the drama started. <laughs> and it was such... A horrendous journey getting into that. I mean, it was crazy. Now, you've got to understand, uh, come with me, the legal system of buying homes in the UK is not as simply simple as Australia. They like to complicate stuff. So there's a thing called a chain, and everybody has to buy and sell within that chain, and nothing's finalised until everything's finalised. So Dave and I were at the top of a chain of five houses, and I think I dealt with a legal letter every single day for four months. And it became, it became like such a battle, it was crazy. And the battle was so crazy that I had a very close friend call me up and say, I don't think you're supposed to buy the house. And I remember coming back in my spirit too Did God say? Did God say? And there's that amazing scripture, isn't there, in Genesis, when it says, did God say? Where the enemy said, did God say? And it was like everything that God had spoken to me about was challenged. And, you know, it is the plan of the enemy to sow doubt on the plan of God for your life. That is his job description, is to sow doubt in your spirit about what God has said. And it really threw me, and I had to go back to, did God say? But then I began to realize something, that I wasn't just battling for a house. Now we are in the middle, right in the, we're getting towards the end of a huge process of a church in Sheffield, in our Sheffield location, and we're going to purpose build a 1500 seater auditorium. And it's the first time a church has been purpose-built in Sheffield for 200 years. Now, come with me. I began to realize when I was fighting for my house, that I was actually fighting for something that was bigger than me. And I began to realize that I was fighting for a season, that I was fighting for a house, I was fighting for our church house. I was fighting for something that was bigger than me. Now, if you know me very well, you will understand that if I begin to realize that I am fighting for something that is bigger than me and involves people, don't mess with me. Because an understanding came into my spirit of what was actually going on. And the title of my message tonight is Guard the Dream. Because what the enemy wants to do is to sow doubt in your spirit, individually and corporately, wants to sow doubt into your spirit about what God has said. Wow. Yeah. And what the enemy wants you to do is to abort the plan of God just before it's born. Yeah, wow. he, wants you to, he wants you to get to a point and you think, do you know what? It's so tough right now that there's no way that I could keep going. So therefore, I will sit back and I'm here as this, you thought what a nice girl and now you understand I'm not nice. (laughs) I'm here tonight to challenge you that just because it's hard doesn't mean it's time to stop. That sometimes when it's hard, it's time to knuckle down and realize that you're fighting for something that is so important. You're fighting for generations. This is so important. And you must not stop. Amen. I could sit down now and that would be enough. I remember the estate agent, it was quite funny, the estate agent saying to me, oh, they're so patronizing. Some of these, if you're an estate agent, God bless you, but this one was not good. And he was so patronizing. What do you call them in Australia? Real estate agents. Yeah, I've morphed. I've been there 26 years. I've adapted. And, and he said to me, oh, it puts such a strain on your marriage. And I'm thinking, look, this is not putting a strain on my marriage. My husband's busy, busy in the media department making funny videos. It's me. It's me that's dealing with the issues here. It's me that's talking to the solicitors and doing the letters. You know, this, this was like such a battle. Now, I'll take you to the end, and then I'll, I'll get you around the neck. <laughs> so what happened was, it came to moving day. It still wasn't legal. Everything could have fallen through. And we're packing the furniture from our house into the van. Still not legal. This could all fall through. We have paid, this was a brand new house we were buying, we'd put new flooring in. We'd paid thousands out already. This could have all fallen through. And I remember my friend Deb turning to me, she, she said, Jen, when the door closes on the back of that van, it'll happen. The door closed on the back of the van and I got a phone call. It's all legal. But you know what? That was, a, that was like a four-month fight. Wow. But it represented something that was much, much bigger than me. And so that's what I want to talk to you about tonight is the fight you have for your future. The fight you have for others. Your fight is about legacy. It's about kingdom. It's about your children. It's about your children's children. Wow. It's about something bigger than you. And there are dreams and destinies and deliverances and futures that need to be born. Some that need to be reborn tonight. Some that need to be taken down off the shelf of too hard and placed back in the palm of your hand and saying, this is willing to fight. This is this is my need to fight for. This is worth fighting for. And to take it back out of the shelf of the too hard and realize that God wants you to fight for it. There is always a plan of the enemy to swipe out the outwalking of the dream of God, that God has placed in your heart before it is born. I was the baby that was never meant to be born. I shared my story this morning. I am the baby of a gang rape. I was not supposed to be born. And my birth mother's father said to her, and she's told me this now, said to her, You should abort this baby. And because because of Heather's commitment to destiny on my life, I was born. There are destinies and things that are in your heart and in your life that God wants to bring about. And it's so easy to abort them because of hard. You're loving me tonight, aren't you? I'm blessing your spirit. Let's talk about some babies that were never meant to be born. Let's talk about baby Jesus. I'm going to read to you from Matthew 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Let's just stop for a moment. Let, let's, let's, let's go into this scenario. Someone comes into your office this week and says, I'm pregnant through the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that would be the exact reaction. Because we, we see the Word of God from... 2,000 years later, in the moment, that would have been the exact reaction. There would have been a van drawing up with a large white coat because they would have thought that Mary was crazy. This was not an ideal scenario for the redemption of God, of mankind to come about. It was not ideal. And then it says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. for the salvation of mankind. But she was also pregnant with a problem. And when you're pregnant with dream, with a dream, you're nearly always pregnant with a problem because they dwell together. Even God's plan for the redemption of mankind was one big fat problem. Jesus' birth was not salubrious. It was in an itchy manger. It was not the best way to start the redemption of mankind. It was a problem. And then what happened from there, the life of Jesus was threatened. And it says in Matthew 2, when, an angel, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. The dream does not let you settle. They, they, it's like we're born to be kill, pilgrims. We've got to move. Do you know after 26 years, I don't even know what nationality I am. And it's true, I don't, every time I come home, the, the Australian accent hurts my ears. But when I'm in Britain, I don't feel British. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a citizen of heaven. God does not allow us to settle when we have a dream in our spirit. And even Jesus wasn't allowed to settle. He was pursued. Is anybody with me? Do you know what I love? Slash hate. It's when parishioners come to me. People in church, that's just a fancy word. When they come to me and say, Jen, I really couldn't do this anymore because I don't have any peace. I've not had peace since 1985. (laughs) And I can give you a date. It's the fourteenth of December, nineteen eighty-five, and that was the day I married David Anthony Gilpin. (laughs) I can remember two days in February, nineteen ninety-one, when we were moving from being youth pastors in Australia to planning a church in Sheffield. We had two days off in Hong Kong. That was the last time I didn't have any responsibility. And we say in our heart and to our leaders, I couldn't possibly do that because I don't have peace. Good, because it means you're on a journey. And if you're pregnant with a dream, you're pregnant with a problem. My Bible says the peace of God that passes all understanding, which seems to say to me that if you need the peace of God, you're in a situation you can't understand. Because that's the peace of God. It's not kumbaya peace. Do you think I'm just venting? Do you think I'm having just a a purge? We need to commit that these light and momentary troubles, the Bible calls them light and momentary troubles. Hold within within them a weight of glory that far outweighs the peace you're not experiencing. We need to push through to get hold of what God has for us and for our church. To push through, we need to hold on. What happens when the the enemy comes and when we have hardships and we have battles and in a moment we compromise the plan of God for a moment of comfort? Or for a quiet life. I'm flying out in the morning. You can pick up the mess. (laughs) When you're pregnant with a dream, and especially when you're pregnant with a dream that is bigger than you, and involves the deliverance of others, all hell breaks out against you. Trust me, there's hope at the end, so stay with me. (laughs) And then we file it. And the two hard basket under this is not God's will anymore. Yes, it is. It's a battle worth fighting. When did God change his mind? When did, when did God say, no, I didn't say that. That was on a bad day that I promised you that. <laughs> he, he hasn't changed his mind about your destiny, your future, and the dreams that he's placed within your heart. He hasn't changed his mind. Circumstances try to come and make us change our mind, but he never did. God never changed his mind about a commitment to raising up a glorious church. God hasn't changed his mind about the fact that he wants to to touch and change Sydney. God hasn't changed his mind about he wants to touch and change the people that you're meeting every day. He hasn't changed his mind, you did. He hasn't changed his mind. He wants you to guard the dream that he's placed within your spirit. When you're pregnant with a dream, as I said, and you're pregnant with a problem, they dwell together. Stand up and fight for your promise. Let's stand up against the weak spirit that sits down when God is just trying to bring change. You know something I've really learned over the years, that when it's tough, God's just trying to give me broader shoulders. God's trying to teach me to be a woman that can carry capacity. And so, yes, go for it, sister. I like you wherever you are. (laughs) Guard the deposit of God within you. Young women and young men, guard the deposit of God within you and don't walk out of the church with a half-baked Muppet with a fast car. (laughs) It's worth waiting for the man or woman of God. Don't lose the dream over somebody silly. Oh, this is a pastoral word now. I've seen it too often that people have aborted their destiny five minutes before it born over stupidity. (laughs) Do you know, this word was birthed in my spirit also because a friend of mine wrote in our church magazine, our church is 26 this year, but it was 25 last year. And she wrote a word and I'd never seen it before. And she wrote this incredible passage about me, and I was, I was really touched by it. And she wrote, every baby, baby that I ever saw in the Bible that was not meant to be born turned out to be a great deliverer. Wow. And she was writing about my life in that I was not meant to be born. I have turned out to be a deliverer of thousands of victims of human trafficking. And so let, let me go there. Let us go to one more baby in the Bible whose life was challenged and his name was Moses. We read about Moses in the book of Exodus, another baby born and another baby saved to be a great deliverer. Another baby whose destiny was hunted down. Let me read to you. Is there a sip of water somewhere? So in our church, when I sip, we get slurping noises. Oh, you're too well behaved. So let me talk to you about Moses in Exodus chapter 2. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Hmm. And then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. I just sense in my spirit tonight that there are people's dreams tonight that are, that are housed And they're feeling dangerous, but you need to stay with me tonight. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him, to Moses. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. And she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. And then we go a bit further. It said, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, nurse him for me, and I will pay you. And she named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Do you know there's this amazing verse in, just before that in Exodus chapter 1, verse 9? And come with me, it says, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous, and they give birth before midwives arrive. The kind of people who are determined to give birth to a dream before the enemy of their soul has this pleasure. He was a baby, a dream birthed again, and a dream threatened. And I want to just read to you something I've written. I'm going to read it. For a while, the dream was hidden. And Moses was out of sight. But the time came water. but the time came when his destiny could no longer be settled in the back streets, and his life had to be put in danger, hidden in a dangerous little basket, poised alongside a raging river which could threaten his very life. It made no sense for him to be taken out of hiding and for him to be endangered in this way, but this very process was actually the vehicle that will propel him into his destiny. The hiding was good and it was God. But that comfort is no longer the place that can propel you. God wishes to use you and cause you to be a great deliverer. And I felt so strongly in my spirit today that the same anointing that is on our house is on this house. That God has called you and caused you to be a house of deliverance. And so if you are facing in your life today issues that are raging, understand that this is bigger than you. This is about your community. This is about the house of God. This is about leaving a stamp in this community. That's what this is about. And so, he chooses to place you in sometimes in a small basket not as salubrious or making as much sense as the hiding place. But he is placing that basket alongside the raging river that will propel you into your God-given future. You will hold your heads up and look around, and you may feel exposed and almost naked in front of an audience. But the audience of heaven far outweighs the balance of those that look on. And the river rages and circumstances threatened. And at times logic does not make sense. But God is using this problem as a propellant to carry us along a raging river to our destiny. There is a dream in the heart of God that needs to come about. And it will be the portion of those who choose to deny the enemy his pleasure, who embrace hard and who refuse to let go of destiny. And there is a new world and a new season that the intrepid and the brave will face and win. There are Goliaths that face you that will be slayed. For I have put my word in your mouth and I have covered you with my hand. And we have faced a barrage of resistance as we slay the Goliaths of religion and secularism. But surely as these Goliaths are slain, this house, your house, shall become a voice. A new day awaits. Wonder if I could have the musicians back. Wow. <laughs> you ready? These very lives in the Bible that were threatened turned out to be great deliverers of nations. Mary's determination and Joseph's refusal to be embarrassed or threatened ushered in the redemption story? Who is it today that sits on the other side of your determination to not back down? What nations will be changed because you choose today to live and be a people that live for a life other than your own? to be a prophetic, determined voice that silences the threat, that says an emphatic no to the voice of comfort and sensibility. And heaven will record the names of those who live with eternity in their hearts and determine not to be those who abort the dream of God an hour before it is born. Let me tell you one more story and then we're going to respond to God tonight. Are you ready to respond to God? So we made a big pledge in January uh, for our dream offering. Um, We make big pledges all the time, but this was a big pledge. And in order to redeem that pledge, we needed to sell a property. And we put it on the market in January this year. Didn't Didn't sell, didn't sell, didn't sell, didn't sell. Didn't sell, didn't sell, didn't sell, didn't sell. About three weeks ago, I was home and I I got, I decided to get mad and even. And I, Dave wasn't home and I just stood in my room and I went, enemy, I'm gonna give you double for the trouble. I'm doubling my dream offering. I'm doubling it. Now listen, the next day the house sold. I wanna be a woman that gives double for the trouble. I want to be a purpose, a purpose person that says, do you know what, enemy? You're trying to silence me, I'm going to silence you. You're trying to tell me to shut down my destiny just because it's hard. And we say no to that spirit. Yeah. We say that we will be a people that just keep turning up. Yes. Because the kingdom of God and the church of God is not built by any other thing that you keeping on turning up in season, out of season, whether you feel like it, whether you've had a bad hair day or whatever, you turn up. And you say, I'm determined to guard the dream that God has placed in my heart. So we're gonna stand right now and I'm gonna get up here so you can see me. We're gonna respond to God tonight. Because I know that there are dreams that have been dormant in many hearts. People that have sat down, and we can sit down on the inside, and nobody else knows. We turn up and do our thing, but we can be, but we can be. Let things lie low in our hearts. Amen. You. Yeah. Huh. There, there is an incredible anointing on your life. Like, incredible. Oh, I, I love your wife. You're like Mr. Lebanon. Like, and you have all, listen Ryan all their sons are still at home I'm only chasing there's so much more for you and there's always a temptation to go do you know what I've, I've done let, let the young kids do it but that's not your portion that's not your portion God's got something very, very specific for you. And I can see you fathering young men, but so amazingly, like broken young men who've had no dads. Young men that have just been wrecked by life. Ex-prisoners. Sorry, guys, you're gonna have to watch your handbags. Ex-prisoners young men that nobody else has believed them, believed in them. You're going to believe in them. And in 20 years they're going to be upright figures in the community. And they're going to look back and they're going to say it's because of Him. Do you know the funniest things happened in our church? Someone said to me recently, your church is so middle class. It was said as a criticism. And I looked on the platform and I thought You don't know their stories. These guys are so dysfunctional, you've got no idea. But God's changed their lives. And they look like they were brought up on the right side of the tracks, but they weren't. You're going to be a father of many, 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 listen to that word. Many, 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 young men. God wants to resurrect the dream in you. For you will run and not be weary and you will walk and not faint. You will. You will not faint. You will not tire. Even to your old age and gray hair. Well, it's already there. He will sustain you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to respond. Are you ready? So this is the way we respond to God at my altar calls. Are you ready to hear? We don't wait for the crazy lady, the cray cray lady to run down, okay? We just res- we respond to God. Because if we want something from Him, we run. So I'm gonna count to three, ready? If you want tonight to pull that dream out from dormancy, if you feel God speaking to you, and you go, Jen, do you know what? I'm gonna commit to something bigger than me. I want you to come, ready? One, two, three. Oh